the viewpoint is leading the conversation all across South Africa right now. Stay tuned to SAFM. Twenty fourteen, Professor John Maluleke, transport economist and MD of Infra Africa Investment Holdings, this evening. South Africa and Botswana have agreed to fund the improvement and extension of rail links between the two countries in a bid to boost trade and better connect Botswana to export markets. Transport Freight Rail, TFR, will collaborate with Botswana Rail, BR, to fix parts of the 126-kilometer rail line between Swarta Rechens in the northwest province and Mafikeng on the border with Botswana, helping South Africa's landlocked neighbor get its minerals, including thermal coal, to market. The rail revamp will enable heavy-haul trains to travel from Botswana to South Africa's ports of Richards Bay and Durban. The project aims to be up and running within the next 24 months. Professor Maduleke is on the line. Prof, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us, Ndati Maduleke. Good evening. Good evening, sir. And how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for asking. How do you do? I'm very well. Excellent. Let's talk things transport, specifically matters of the economy and i think it's important perhaps just for you to place set this conversation rail infrastructure and all the benefits it brings not necessarily what we will be talking about this evening just linking markets but i think the value of rail infrastructure in a given country more especially when it links two countries what are the overall things that are always going to be of a benefit to those markets and or governments that are affected by such rail links? Okay. Let me start by saying <clears throat> rail transport is something that has been operational for many years, and it has actually, you know, uh, uh, empowered our country to be economically active. And I'm saying this because... Uh, as you can see, currently, the status quo is actually giving us a lot of worries mm. to say how are we going to transport our goods from a point of origin to our destination. And as you know, that rail is quite good when it comes to the transportation of uh, heavy goods. Mm. And, and for that, it is a matter of saying if the rail is not ready, then it will mean that this freight must be taken to the road. And the road will not actually be what you call sustainable. Why I'm saying this is that uh, once you overburden the road the infrastructure, it becomes a problem. You will actually experience issues such as potholes and all those things. And this is actually because of that skewness. You, you are no more having that balance uh, between mm. rail and road-based transport. So everything is now channeled towards the, the road infrastructure. And would it be fair to say that in South Africa there's a great imbalance of traffic between road and rail, and the imbalance suggests that there is far too much traffic on our roads, which is the basis, for instance, repeated repairs on roads, 
the general wear and tear on our roads. You mentioned potholes earlier on, but also the impact that has on road accidents and fatalities associated with just heavy traffic on our roads that could be circumvented to an extent or mitigated to an extent by just effectively using the rail network. In fact, as you can see, that we are having more accidents currently. Mm. And these accidents are as a result of poor infrastructure. It's only when you have a situation where you have tall roads, uh, where your maintenance will actually be up to date. But with regard to ordinary infrastructure, where you are actually waiting for the MTEF uh, allocation, medium term uh, expenditure, uh, what you call framework allocation, mm-hmm. it is a very, very big problem because somewhere you may not actually have enough to can do your maintenance. And because of that, you are, you are actually going to get a lot of potholes that are not actually getting speedy, what you call uh, uh, repairs. And because of that, uh, uh, accidents are actually, you know, giving us headaches, and and because of that, we need to look at some ways of balancing this to say, uh, uh, is our rail infrastructure ready to can actually operate? Obviously, it is not, and 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 during a situation such such as this, we are actually having uh, problems. Why? Because. Uh, everybody is bound to go to the road network uh, because there's no any alternative. Currently, our rail infrastructure is very dilapidated. We are getting issues such as cable theft and all those uh, uh, problems that we are encountering. And as I was going through this uh, article, uh, Botswana is also encountering the same same problems. And and this being the problem, it is a matter of saying the two uh, political leaders, Botswana and South Africa, I think they have taken a strategic view to say, let us not just sit and look at what is happening. Let us collaborate. And I think this is actually something that can actually take us somewhere. Talking about taking us somewhere, um, I'm going to ask two questions. Um, Having been fortunate to be in Europe quite a few times and understanding the value of public transport for what it truly should be, many in those countries need to rely on private transport. The opposite in this country is true. If one were to look at the historical aspects of the rail infrastructure, Spornet, railway police, and the incentives for those who were working in the then Spornet, and the integrity, frankly, of the rail infrastructure and how heavy goods were moving between the two ports, particularly Durban and Cape Town being the biggest. But the first port of entry was East London. And it has a strong rail network, which would then distribute into, say, the less commercial zones, but nonetheless important. What is the biggest failure of the last 28 years then to occasion for what we are talking about now, which is largely in lamentable terms about letting the rail infrastructure decay to the extent that it has? I mean, if you look at the damage on price, how did we get to that point, given what we inherited? 
In fact, what you are saying is I have experienced that practically uh, on my side. I worked for the railways from 1971 up to 1998. Mm. And from 1971, when I joined the railways, things were well managed. But remember, uh, it was actually running as a monolithic entity. And when I say monolithic entity, I am referring to a government department that was involved in uh, implementation, which means that it, that was railways and administration. The implementation arm was actually the administration part of it. And it was heavily policed. Uh, 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 the, the police were given, you know, the right to execute, you know, uh, uh, what they actually uh, knew about the whole uh, network. And they were not just ordinary police. They were well trained in the railway systems because uh, during that very same time, when someone was actually uh, uh, crossing the railway line, that person was supposed to be arrested. And they actually knew the right charge to say, you have to be arrested because of this and that. But uh, with, the, if you know, uh, with the removal of uh, the railway police, and, and we did not actually get uh, a substitute immediately to sort of uh, have people who are uh, well-trained... Was it to necessary to even this. get rid of them, in your view? Uh, you, you see, all those issues, they were actually... Uh, they, they caused a lot of problems because you remove a competent workforce and there's no any appropriate substitute and you can not expect things to run you know, as usual. Uh, why? Because... Uh, people who are just coming, not knowing exactly what is actually happening, uh, will not actually you know, be, be competent enough to can uh, enforce law accordingly. Mm. Uh, and that is exactly what is actually happening now. So here we are now. We have, in the words of the transport minister, that the crumbling infrastructure now needs to be revitalized. And this is the project between Transnet Freight Rail and Botswana Rail, which is just fixing parts of the 126-kilometer rail line between parts of the northwest and Botswana itself so that there's an entire rail from Botswana all the way through to the coast, the eastern coast in Richards Bay and KwaZulu-Natal, Durban. This is, of course, hopefully a better start of the project of integrating rail between SEDEC to facilitate for trade and the movement of of, of people, services, and for tourism. How do we get, or rather paint for us, the road ahead with this project, what it should represent? Whether or not it will happen is something else, but what should this represent in regional integration for all sorts of reasons, not least trade and tourism? In fact, uh, having outlined what you have just outlined, I, I am of the view that this is a brilliant idea. And I am of the view that uh, the two political leaders made a very good start. It is a matter of 
saying now that they have converged and they have conceptualized this uh, issue of collaboration, uh, one has to actually uh, come with uh, some proposals. And I think based on my understanding of rail-related issues uh, between countries, it is a matter of saying if Botswana wants to have an efficient and effective rail transport system, they have to make sure that their operating procedures are well standardized. Uh, you know, they should actually operate according to the standards that are operated elsewhere. And I'm saying this because uh, when you look at our uh, operating procedures in South Africa, uh, we have very, very uh, 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 good plans. Uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, various, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, ver- ver- various uh, uh, methods that we actually use to sort of operationalize our rail system. And some of these methods that I'm actually referring to, we are actually looking at the current transformation of our rail system where we actually allow the private sector to play a dominant role together with government uh, as a public-private partnership initiative. This is quite key, and this can actually make Botswana to achieve what they are actually trying to work on currently. But very, you know, most importantly, Mm. what they need to take care of is to say uh, the country that is uh, in that is actually trying to import their coal uh, is that country uh, you know uh, reliable enough to can actually do it and, and 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 based on that we have some agreements that we put in place when dealing with such strategic issues and the first agreement is the off-take agreement. Let's say mm, uh, mm, Botswana mm. wants to uh, 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 supply uh, Europe with uh, coal. Uh, what needs to happen here is uh, Europe should actually show that commitment of saying we are going to purchase your goods. And based on that, you sort of come with what we call an off-take agreement. That is the first agreement that should actually be in place. And thereafter, let's say we actually had an existing rail track which was not being utilized. Then the next point will be, are we then going to revitalize this rail track uh, or uh, rehabilitate it? And if that is the case, what is South Africa saying? And based on the meetings between the two, uh, uh, what you call, political leaders, I can actually see that there is a need to move forward with this uh, plan. And having said that, it is a matter of saying, uh, now that we have conceptualized this idea, let's move forward, let's make it a point that uh, we 
we, we bring some operations uh, together. And these operations will not just take place. It will be a matter of coming with a PPP model that will be more appropriate to say, are we going to embark on what we call rehabilitate the infrastructure and then operate it and thereafter transfer it back to government? And that is what we actually call ROT, Rehabilitate, Operate and Transfer. And if it is a matter of saying this uh, infrastructure needs to be built from scratch or maybe expanding our rail gauge to make sure that we apply now our standard gauge, then it is a matter of saying let's come with a strategy that has to do with build, operate, and transfer it back to Without government. interrupting you, but a lot of what you are saying, at least in the words of the Minister of Transport, seems to be on track, or some of those questions have been answered. To quote, the plan to get 10 of South Africa's railway corridors up and running again by September or October is firmly on track. This according to Mbalula. This is, of mm. course, on the occasion we were speaking to the media at Gudesport traction station in Pretoria. This is last Wednesday. During his report back on the Prasa's plans to fix the country's railway lines, he goes on to further say that the infrastructure recovery budget for 10 corridors is $52 billion. Now, a corridor is a rail corridor connecting two or more large metros. So we're talking about $52 billion, 10 corridors, a lot of which, for instance, some are 90% complete, some are 70% complete, but the target is September, October. Let's assume that happens. Let's talk now about the opportunity, the secondary markets that benefit as a result of having an integrated rail line, of having people able to move from points A to point B, connecting these major metropoli in and around the country. The opportunity really there is in investing in transport infrastructure, particularly rail infrastructure, the opportunities for commerce, not just for the big players, because any PPP of this kind really, you're talking about established players, a lot of the times multinationals, but there's a lot of scope once the infrastructure is smooth for you and I to operate as one or two main entities can you talk about that opportunity? And whilst I'm inviting you to answer that question, of course, I don't have to say it all the time, but I will do so again. Johannesburg, 714-2006. Please do give us a call here on SAFM. My guest is John Malulek, a transport economist and managing director of Infra Africa Investment Holdings. We're talking all things rail and the value that is as an infrastructure to the nation's development and particularly in integrating the region. So, Prof. Marulega, just on that question, the opportunity, once the infrastructure is up and running, can we talk about opportunities for South Africans? Thank you very much. In terms of opportunities, we are actually saying once you have your rail system, more especially freight transport, once you have it uh, in place, you are going to get your goods just in time, you are going to get your people who are actually commuting as passengers to be just in time at their places of work, and you are going to have those people who are doing informal trading, uh, you know, revitalizing their businesses, uh, you know, at, the, at, at the various stations, making sure that they are small business entities are actually revitalized. And the reduction you, of cost of business, I mean, I think that's a very important point, isn't it? Reducing the cost of business by having an integrated rail system is equally a benefit. 
in fact, once we have that being integrated, being a seamless transport system, you are going to uh, reduce the travel time. And that in itself is actually going to benefit those who are actually working to make sure that they are, they are, the hours that they spend are more productive. And that will actually make it possible for, 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 for those who are employers to have, uh, you know, their, their operations to be, you know, seamless, operating seamlessly, making sure that things are actually working according to the, their, their standards. And of course, maintenance is something which we don't do quite well in this country. Let's assume for a moment now there's a credible maintenance schedule in place because a discredited one like the one currently at ESCOM gives us the sorts of challenges we have vis-a-vis ESCOM. From a rail perspective, a proper maintenance schedule that is maintained, the high ability for it to absorb the many young people who are not employed and perhaps go back to what was tried and tested and successful in having the members of the public being employed, albeit at an entry level, employed nonetheless in the dignity and credibility of work, railway police, maintenance officials, in this integrated rail network, surely the government must be looking at this as an opportunity to absorb young people. In fact, uh, in line with what you are actually saying, what I will actually even suggest is to say, let's look at uh, the tech to enhancing the technical skills of our young, uh, what you call artisans, making sure that what they are studying should actually be in line with what is practically happening. So that at the end, when they are absorbed by big entities such as uh, Transnet and, and Prasa and all those, they will be able to can execute their expertise, their technical expertise. Very well. Thank you so much for your time. Now, quickly, just one last question because I think we somewhat got offered a tangent. This particular project, this rehabilitation, fixing parts of the 126-kilometer rail line, particularly a province like the Northwest, which seems to be on the margins, if I can use that term, of yeah. general trade. I mean, sure, the province gives us a lot of money from mining and related. But just this project, to link the two countries, to perhaps use the Northwest as parts of tourism and related businesses around tourism, it's not just a win for Botswana's government in having their goods moved to the coast seamlessly through majority of our rail project but also for South Africans to capitalize on the presence of this infrastructure. A final word from you on that. In fact, you know, the benefits are both ways. You know, once we have our rail infrastructure uh, being repaired up to short reference, it will actually mean that uh, we are then going to have that flow of goods. And apart from that, you actually will be able to attract tourists to see what is actually happening uh, in the Northwest. Uh, by so doing, it is actually a matter of uh, making sure that uh, tourism is enhanced and it will actually contribute a lot to economic development. What about those who are naysayers? I'm, I'm going to read this very quickly. Songazo, but when will our own rail be brought back to its glorious state? This gentleman goes on to say, So in other words, there's a distrust between what the government says, particularly Mr. Mbalula in this instance, and the listener, pretty much talking about the fact that just 
promise after promise after promise and zero delivery has created for a trust deficit in this country. And another gentleman says that government and politicians have not had an appetite for PPPs in the last decade. What would have changed things now? That's a gentleman by the name of Sean Scott from Johannesburg. So I think just from those two points, if there's anything to go by, this is nothing more than platitudes. This is nothing more than rhetoric that we've heard before but has seldom, if ever, yielded the kinds of results that are just demanded on the ground but are worthy of actually implementing for the nation's benefit. Final comment. Uh, you see, at times people are actually uh, criticizing things, not knowing exactly what these things are all about. I mean, talking about PPP. Uh, currently, we have the how train running as a PPP project, and, uh, and 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 I think the project is doing well. And 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 for someone to say PPP will not actually work, and because of this and that, uh, they need to prove it. They need to prove it because, uh, based on my intensive research, uh, PPP are doing wonders. PPPs are actually. You know, overhauling, uh, you know, the, the, the entire what you call system, uh, making sure that things are actually happening the right way. Trust deficit, final. Trust deficit. Sorry? The existence of the trust deficit, despite what you've said. The trust deficit, or the fact that when government speaks, South Africans just don't care oh, to listen or just don't believe you, it's going to happen. You see, we, we need to adopt a positive attitude, not to say just because so-and-so has said this, then this is not actually going to work. We need to look at, we need to to, 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 to uh, analyze what is being presented. And we, we need to make sure that uh, we do not lose sight of the benefits that can accrue out of uh, what is being uh, what was presented. Yes, I, I agree that we may actually have some disbenefits. But when you weigh the two, uh, one could actually advance more facts to say uh, 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 the benefits of PPP are much more than when you perform the traditional way. Let's leave it there. John Maluleka, thank you so much for your time, Transport Economist and MD of Infra Africa Investment Holdings giving us some insights into the development of the rail network between Botswana and South Africa that is now currently underway and the integration of rail freight generally within the SADC region. Of course, the last comment, I'm minded to agree with some of the listeners who simply just say, "Mm, try the next door because the trust deficit is a real commodity in any functional society. The trust factor has to precede whatever attitudes one might have. In fact, if anything, the fact that I would have a negative attitude in relation to my government is a signal of the years of continued disappointment. And and, and, and perhaps that cannot be dismissed as the way I think many might like to. The trust deficit is an important facility in a society that progresses because it means that when one entity speaks to another entity or one stakeholder or sector speaks to another, there's a general belief that that happens because that belief is informed by what has happened before. And the less that happens, the more the trust deficit exists.
nonetheless, Prof. Malulega, your thoughts are thoroughly insightful. Thank you so much for your time. 2041, we move on after the break. Innovation, understanding drone technology and its effectiveness in crime prevention.